Previously on Quest Friends. The leader of Strife is named Ezra. Ezra was an adept warrior forged by Strife. Five years ago, Ezra facilitated the coup of Anquan, a war where Queen Anastasia Brackleberry regained her throne. The coup of Anquan ultimately was practice. War between Charmandi and Kia's endgame. Once we release the swarm, and the world watches as the face of Key tears itself apart, there ain't gonna be anything to stop this war. Hop's not convinced Ezra is physically on the ship. He thinks that Ezra is the Datasphere patron for the prodigious, but there's some connection he's missing to a physical location. I found something in the gymatorium. Come as quickly as possible. In the case of this floor, it's segmented into multiple pieces that can separate, revealing alternative uses. So they have a dance floor. They were going to have a pool, were it not for the fact that we set sail so abruptly. And you just hear the Anines, which are normally going, Anine, go, the rope, the rope, the rope, the rope, climb that rope. Shock would like to use Far Step to just teleport up to the top of the tent and grab onto the floatstone. <laughs> There's a silence, and then Vera just says, I'm a little disappointed. You need to commit to your actions in full, or one day you will fall without your magic to protect you. Just walk over there. Thank you. And go back to that crew you've been losing. You know, you'd do a lot better if you just learned to stomach the strife. I'm so sorry. I've been so focused on being lost that I've forgotten proper etiquette. <clears throat> I'm Anastasia Margot Maria Brackleberry. What should I call you? It's Ezra. You ever visit the Data Sphere, Annie? gnarly place. Bits and pieces of information scattering around and colliding with one another at thousands of miles per hour. Now that's a conflict. It sounds awful. <laughs> and yet that strife can make some awfully good things, like yours truly. You were made by conflict in the data sphere? Quite literally forged by it. And you could be too. I could even lend you some power, if you'd like. You would help? I don't want to bother you. <laughs> Kid helping you out would be reward enough. Just think of me like your pal. Your partner. Your patron. Afternoon! Nine days ago. Ezra? Ezra! Calm down, Leany, I'm here! And Blue, nice to see you too. 
I'm assuming you understand why we're here. Yeah, you fucked up. <sighs> yes, things in Charmande did not go according to plan. <laughs> At least you can admit it. And how is Anquan coming along, Ezra? It's been five years since your coup, and yet from what I've heard, the region is entirely peaceful. I remember you insisting that it would be impossible for the Brackleberries to rein in the violence once they took over. Listen, I did what I was supposed to do. How was I supposed to know the Brackle Brat would incite universal peace with a box of cookies? Well, regardless, while the Steadfast wants to go to war, no one seems willing to start it. We need to develop another plan. Or we could just try the ship. The prodigious? Absolutely not. They're not even planning to fly it for another. It'll fly when it flies. You said it yourself, Leany. Charmande and Key are ready for any opportunity to go to war. And we three all know that the only thing that ship needs to fly is a patron from the data sphere. Now I could just give it my patronage, and in return, I have heard there's a little navigation robot attached to the ship who could lend his body for a few days or so. Yes, but what about Argent, Ezra? We need that and a map. I got that. You're not the only one who can plan, Lanny. They're in Rouletia. And how do you know that, Ezra? I made a friend. Shared some information with Rouletia's darling, and she was happy enough to share some back with me. You're telling me that you told our entire plan to Lorraine Styles? She's unreliable. She's exploitable. And it turns out her exploit just happens to be that scotch guy you dealt with in Charmande. You're playing with fire, Ezra. I am fire! That's my job, ain't it? Fine. I'll inform our members across the Steadfast to ready their easy life sacrifices. Arius, tell that magician you work for that he just miraculously booked a full house in Rouletia. Get Argent, get the map, and meet us back on the Predictus. What? I can do this by myself! But that doesn't mean you will. <laughs> got me there. What do you say, Blue? Alright then. Keep your patience, Lanny. Only nine days left until the end of the world. Evening! The end of the world! <laughs> Virgil's laughter echoes throughout the gymatorium, shaking the ground itself with mirth. Except, even as the laughter fades, the earthquake continues, and you feel yourselves move alongside the pieces of the floor as they collide with each other and make the indentation of a knife with a serrated blade. Except this configuration isn't like the one Ray showed you, Ellie, because in the center, you see a hole. When the prodigious set sail, there wasn't enough time to fill the swimming pool with water, but that doesn't mean it was never used. Indeed, the Prodigious's swimming pool is filled, but not with water. Instead, it's filled with many objects, boxes, vehicles, and, at its center, a large Jenga-like tower with three flat panels surrounding it. Argent. 
Alright, kids, who's ready for the main attraction? Um, you said the whole floor moved away to reveal Argent in the swimming pool, right? Yeah, Argent is in the center in where, like, uh, basically there would have been a swimming pool beneath the floor. Yeah. And then, but were the, were, was it the floor the dancers were on? Yes, but the okay. panels shifted away. So they didn't fall in. They just okay. shifted to the side. That was his first priority. Instinctively, when that starts to move, he's going to jump back and kind of put his arm like in front of Sarah because something is moving and it's scary and there's evil laughter and it's just what his instinct is. And she'll take off the glasses and the earpiece and say, hey, what? what's, uh, what's going on? I think we're too late. Meanwhile... It's happening. <laughs> I... Probably would have tried to steady Ray. Yes, you steady Ray, and she's like, Ellie, are you are you all right? I, I'm. I was just gonna have Ellie charge at Argent with the. I was also going to just go into like I'm just gonna destroy it before they can use it. Hop's just gonna go down there right away. Yeah, um, Hop knows how to destroy these things. Hopper's already destroyed Argent once. He can do it again, but this time for good reason. <laughs> and and Misha, what are what are you up to? Well, I wanted to also actually also do that. <laughs> <laughs> so you all are ready to charge Argent. Chargent. It's silent. Even on the stage, you see Zoe and Megan are both terrified and like still and no one dares move a muscle. Really? This is this is going to be everything. No screaming, no panicking, just silence. Leanne, you ready yet? And up on the top of the prodigious, you hear that voice echo higher and higher. Shock. You followed Vera out of the room, into the courtyard, up the steps, and onto the top of the prodigious. In the center, you see the relay. This is where they're going to take all the energy from all the Easy Life brands around the globe and funnel it into Argent. Vera is waiting next to it, and while you'd think she'd be waiting for Ezra's cue that he just yelled to her, she doesn't seem to respond, and instead she looks straight at you. Hello, Shock. Hello, Professor. Well, it seems it's time for our plan to take place. Are you sure you've picked the right side here? If I didn't know any better, Vera, I'd say you were afraid. Change is scary, Shock. Violence, death is scary. But without it, we would never grow. Things wouldn't change. Things wouldn't evolve. Death and change are inexorably linked, and so of course I'm afraid, but I'm willing to embrace it. And I know you are too, because if you never had to make those tough choices, you never would have made it here. Maybe so, but not all change is the same thing. So if, if you don't mind, I think we'll have to turn that device off now. As soon as Shock is able to, he's going to try to use cutting light on the relay itself. Before you do that, she's just going to raise her hand one second and say, Wait, no, Shock, we've, we've done this kind of strife before. And I didn't want to have to force you to see how these hard changes can cause growth. But I see you're not willing to listen. So you hear pounding on the side of the prodigious. What? And you see the two armored Zev attach themselves to the side and extend out, each holding something. One of them is gripping onto your strong glass staff. The other, holding a small chassis, scraped and scratched and worse for wear. One of its light bulb eyes is even broken out, but it's unmistakable who that is. Through the mental link, Shock wants to ask, Ness, hey, are you okay? There's just static. So Shock, you get to make a choice. 
Do you embrace the power that you would need to defeat me? Or do you give in to sentimentality? Shock's fists are going to clench and unclench. I don't know what you were hoping to pull with this little stunt, but it was really quite silly. Maybe next time you should consider the ends as well as the means. And he's going to try to far step to Ness. You far step. And I'm assuming you want to get right to like the end of the arm where you're grabbing Ness. Yeah, like teleport to Ness, grab, and then yoink away if possible. Okay. So, Shock, who do you want to give your GM intrusion point to? <sighs> I can't give it to myself, as we well know. I would like to give my other point to Ellie Badge. So you go to grab Ness. He looks, again, the same as you met him before, just a bit worse for wear. It's kind of sad. He seems to be vibrating a little bit. And you go to blink him. And you can't. And Vera walks over to you and says, Shock. Shock. I told you one day you would fall without your magic to rely upon. You should have seen this coming. And that's when the Zev drops you. Drops me? Meanwhile, Vera walks back and she just presses a button on the relay, which starts to spark with life. Inside the gymatorium, dozens of lights fill as cries of pain howl through the space and everyone falls to their knees, clutching their freshly burning Easy Life brands. The prodigious begins to shake again, this time powered by Argent, whose blocks pulsate and pull it up from the pool onto the dance floor. Misha, you notice a large cloud of what appears to be faint smoke seep out of the prodigious's speakers, take form above Argent, and slide itself into the device's grooves. Oh, no. And as soon as it does, lines are drawn in between panels surrounding Argent, and the floor disappears to show a sky from time long past. Many decades ago, the first Amber Pope, Calibol, led an expedition to tame some of the Zev and to kill the rest. He sought to control these creatures at their own peril, and today, the Dragon Dream seeks to do the same. After all, the Blues Fairy's powers are most potent on creatures who are both agitated and who don't wear Key's ear tags. And what's more upsetting than having your entire species wiped out? I need everyone to roll initiative. Six, seven, four, twelve. Wow. Hallie okay. had the highest roll. It's weird. It's weird that I had the highest it's, roll. It's Hopper Scotch's time. We'll see. I don't know if I'm going to. We'll see. So your goal this fight is simple. You need to stop Argent. Uh, you might stop the Jagged Dream members along the way, but the big thing is Argent is pulling the life force of folk who have easy life brands and using it to create a portal back to when Calibol originally captured the Zeb. They're organic life, so the Blue Fairy is the one who's taking control of them. And what she's doing is that each round, more and more Zev are going to be pulled out from this portal and are going to be sent to attack the students and everyone inside of the Prodigious. Because here's the thing, in order for this war to begin, one of the nations needs to show that it's ready to fight, but the other nation needs to believe that it could be defeated. You know, Charmande needs to see, oh, he's ready to come at us, but we can kick their ass. And what a better way to do it than to have the face of Key, the defenders of the city, tear its most promising students apart. 
Hallie, you're at the top of the order. So Hop was on his feet going down to Argent like as soon as it was revealed because he knows how it works. Would he have some kind of an advantage to destroying Argent because he knows how it works or has it been like souped up so that he doesn't really recognize it anymore? I think he would have a benefit. It's not exactly the same, but it's a similar model. So I think that's a good argument for for you having an additional impact against it. Okay. So I want to go to wherever its weakest point is. And actually, so it's bases around a Jenga tower. Yeah, it's like a kind of Jenga pyramid almost. Okay. One thing to note is that like open sky that the Zever flying out of, that's around Argent. So I can't get directly to Argent. There's a gap of a handful of feet between there. Admittedly, there are a lot of Zev pouring out of it. So like there's more flesh than there is like sky. Is this? But it, yes, it would be difficult. You would have to do some maneuvers to get right next to it. Like parkour maneuvers? <laughs> uh, parkour maneuvers sound like they could be effective. Yes. I'd like to use my specialized parkour maneuvers to get right up next to Argent's face and beat it. How are you going to try to use your parkour maneuvers to get right up to Arjun's face. All right, so Hopper's um, thinking of taking such a risky move this early on is that while the body of Jev coming out is enough that he can, like, bounce off of their shoulders and arms and stuff, like, it'll thin out, presumably. So he's going to do it while the mass is enough to support him. So he just wants to jump from Jev to Jev until he lands. Ideally, he'd land at, like, an angle and then kick whatever he's aiming at. I'm going to make my roll. I'm gonna... We believe in you. You're down there for a long time, Hallie. That's because I'm using my water die, and I thought it was a one, but it's a 14. (laughs) All right, so describe how you parkour and kick this thing in its teeth. Fuck yes! Um, So he goes down and he jumps off of one Jeb's shoulder, hand springs off of the head of the next one, and then kicks off the shoulders of the third one, precisely at a good kick angle, and he comes, like, diagonally down on the tower. And each time he bumps off a jet, he says, sorry, 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 sorry. And they get more agitated and uh, and you hear a, sorry, almost as if they got knocked out of like the stupor they were put into by the blue fairy. Okay. But then they seize up again and they shoot out like bullets. That's good to know. So and then you get on top and you just start kicking it. It's one concentrated kick exactly where he was aiming. And then, yeah, he's just going to keep kicking and punching. He's going to take out his shield and bang his shield against it. And how much damage does this do? Uh, Four, right? Yes, four. Okay. So what everyone else sees is they see this wave of Zev come flying out as Argent rises up. And then on top of it, you just see Hopper Scotch rising. He lifts his shield up and just like, die! And he just starts stabbing it with his shield. He's not yelling it. But he's thinking it. He's thinking it. It's screaming through, you know, lack of words. Okay, so you hit Argent real, real hard. Uh, Emily. I was, I was, I got distracted because I was going to type in the chat. Hopper Scotch is on Topper Scotch. No! (laughs) No! I hate it. No, 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 no. Because he's on top of... I mean, yeah. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. Um... Seeing that Hop kind of, I mean, I wouldn't say anyone has anything fully under control, but Ellie's going to turn to Ray. Do what you can for the students. I'm going to try to get the Blue Fairy. And the Blue Fairy is kind of flying above everything with her beetles. Ah, uh, so she's up high. You have remote claws. I was just oh, yeah, where she was. You can throw things. I just want to whip around and try to shoot her. All right. Give me a roll. There's no way this could go wrong. And I also rolled a seven. 
Uh, you're specialized in that, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So you did how many? Seven? I rolled seven. Yeah, it's nowhere near close yeah. enough. So, Ellie, you shoot out your claws, you go to hit the blue fairy, and they just basically just start flailing in the air randomly. And then suddenly, you feel a pair of gentle hands on your hand, and they guide the claws that flies through the air and hits the blue fairy for six points of damage. <gasps> and Ray just looks over to you and says, Aww. Aim, Ellie. <laughs> And here's a mechanic I didn't introduce. You got those five heart point people, don't you? Once during the fight, each five heart person will help one of you with some part My of the My lady love saved me! <laughs> so now that Ray's helping, she says, all right, I'll go get the students now. And she rushes out and starts trying to escort people. I love you! Love you too! Oh, that's so cute. Okay, does everyone want to know who they have? Cop has Everett, Cicelo, Sarah, and Vespari. Shit. Shock has Vespari, and I'm also counting Lowell. Ellie has Megan, Ray, and Zoe. And Misha worked real hard on La Adrian, but only actually got five points with La Adrian. Wait. I know, I'm surprised too. Misha played the Game of Thrones real good, yet somehow still lost. I don't know, I just looked at the calculations and I was like, fuck, Ari only has La Adrian. But that's also because everyone else kind of got a pity one. Yeah. <laughs> Shock I didn't get has... a pity one. Everybody else kind of had arcs with that character. Yeah, like everybody yeah. had a lot of plot-related ones, and then yeah. and then Misha was just actively playing the game. Yeah. The only non-plot-related one that we have on the list are Megan for Ellie, and then Everett for Hop. And and we could say potentially Cecilos for Hop, but hey, guess what? I guess he can't help you because guess who put look, it on freaking jail? I'm gonna fucking help him, and <laughs> it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> Anyways, Misha. Okay. What do you do? Well, because I really like that, like, Ellie Ray moment, so I don't want to ruin it. Not ruin it, but... Throw me. <laughs> My first idea was to fling Ellie at... Fling me. Fling me, Misha. Yeah, like, that That just follows up that. Just that... right after. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that, like, Ray leaves, and then immediately in her spot, Misha just walks up and locks eyes with Ellie. <laughs> I think it's time to put into action what we have practiced. And so they're going to just like get ready to grab Ellie and fling her at the blue fairy. Okay, give me a give me a roll. Ellie, what's your position here? Is it like a cannonball or or, or you, are you just not aware of it because you couldn't prep and Misha just is like, hey, throw. I guess since it's not my turn, I can't have my free action of applying a cipher to my body. You cannot. <laughs> but but and hear me out, what if I spend an XP or a couple of XPs for Ellie to be able to do that? Yeah, sure. Give me, get, let's spend one XP. It's a small thing. Okay. Misha gives one XP. So uh, let's say as Misha is prepping, it gives Ellie the time to, what are you going to do, Ellie? I'm going to do a needle spray. It's a device that shoots a spray of needles or a wide spray of needles. And how much, what, do, what did the needles do? You can apply poison to it and the needle spray would do one point of damage. Can I make a suggestion? Yes. You take the cipher as you're getting ready, Ellie, you like, as Misha's getting ready, you're like, oh, wait, wait, wait. And you take the needle spray and you stick it on your body and the needle spray all around you. So suddenly you are a fucking porcupine of poison death. Oh my Christ. god. I love it. And, and I just want to say that when Misha sees Ellie do that, Misha will say, I knew that gift will look good on you. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's see if I ruin this or not by rolling low. 17. 
One extra point of damage. All right, so like a baseball game, let's get the music in here. Bam, 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 bam. And she's going, and she's going, and she is. Gone? <laughs> Ellie flies, and the blue fairy just moves out of the way, <laughs> and Ellie keeps flying <laughs> until she no, hits the wall what? of the gymatorium and falls onto the ground. No! What a cheap move! The attack does four points of damage, so she's fine, but all the spikes have, like, kind of just, like, flutter off of her. What? With a 17 and no effort. That's not great. You know what's also not oh, great, Lord. Shock? You're falling to your death. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you're just falling down the side of the prodigious. It's my you're, turn, right? Yeah, your turn. You're probably like a, a third of the way down. You're, you're falling a fair amount. Yeah, so a couple of questions just to ensure I understand this correctly. I've been dropped. Ness is clutched in my arms, right? Yes, you have Ness. Ness is clutched in my arms. I'm falling down the outside of the airship. And my alchemy still isn't working, right? Your alchemy still isn't working. So here's here's what Shock does as he falls. I want to take out the piece of float stone that I still have from chapter two. <laughs> okay. And while it cannot support my full weight, can I use my five heart bond with Lowell to call on his aid one more time? Shock is going to look over and presumably see Lowell just like falling in his sticker pose. <laughs> I was going to have him do like the side pose where he's just like leaning on the ground. Yeah. So, so Shock clutching Ness looks over and says, well, this isn't, isn't especially great. Nope, not, not fantastic. I know I was a bit, a bit harsh earlier, but you wouldn't mind helping me out with something so we can get back on top of this boat and uh, mess her up, huh? Always, buddy. What's the plan? So he takes out of the float stone in one hand and asks Lowell to, like, boost him on the other side. And Shock is with, like, the limited amount of lift from this float stone. And Lowell going to try to sort of climb up the side of the airship. I'm using the float stone from chapter two. That has to count for something. Give, give me a roll. <laughs> What type of role do you think this would entail? Can I argue that it's an intellect role? No. <laughs> Tom, you're climbing the float stone and being pulled up, and at one point, you see a little, like, tether on the side of the prodigious. It's time to climb the rope again. Welcome to the announcement break for Quest Friends episode 54, Crime and Courtship part 18, the penultimate episode in the Crime and Courtship saga, because oh boy, this has gone on a lot longer than I anticipated. I am Kyle, your GM, and our intro and outro music are Friends and Natoshio, both by Miracle of Sound. In this important penultimate episode, I have two announcements for you today. The first is that just like last year for the month of March, we are engaging in the spirit of March Madness with NPC Showdown, where we take our favorite NPCs and make them compete for your affection. 
This competition is taking place on Twitter.com. It's just nice and easy to keep the polls concise there. It's been going on for a week, but if you want to take part, just go on to Twitter.com slash quest underscore friends. Uh, we have a new poll pretty much daily until we get later on, and then we want more time on the you know bigger polls. If you don't want to vote, but you still want to fill out a bracket, we also have a link below to our page where we announce basically all of the results, and we also have a bracket that you can download and print out. But that's just for fun. The other announcement today is serious business. Because we have another listener survey. This survey, which you can find linked below, is filled with all completely optional questions that we would really love for you to fill out. Surveys like this give us an idea of what kind of folks listen to our show, what about our show brings in our audience, and what we can do to make it even better and the best it can be. It's really helpful for us because it helps us know how to successfully market our show, but it also is really nice for you because it gives you a direct way to reach out to us and let us know your thoughts on the show. And if you fill out the survey by the time it closes on Friday, April 17th, you can be entered in a raffle to win a three sticker pack of quails as drawn by our official artist, Mandy Robertson. We will be raffling off five of these sticker packs to anyone who fills out the survey and fills out the part saying they want to be part of the raffle because otherwise we want to make sure it can be completely confidential and obviously contact information isn't confidential. You get the idea. So I would really, really love if you participated both in our NPC showdown, but especially in that survey, which again is open until Friday, April 17th. And you can find links to both of these things below. All right, that's all I've got for you today. I hope you enjoy the rest of our confrontation with the Jagged Dream. Our next episode, the final episode of Crime and Courtship, Crime and Courtship Part 19, will, similarly to the end of Questionable Measures, be kind of just a debrief episode to wrap up all the threads that we've established so far and then really set us off for the next adventure. For reasons that will be abundantly clear when that episode comes out, it is difficult to say for sure if it's going to get out by the next anticipated date, which is Monday, March 23rd. I'm really, really going to try to get it out on that date, but if I can't get it out, it might be a week or two late. Just please be patient. I promise you, it will make sense when the episode is released. And regardless of whether or not that release date is March 23rd or some other date, I will see you then. we really need the heart of the cards, huh? Because I think I just die otherwise. If I fail this, I'm pretty sure I just die. There's still like a good 25%. <sighs> That's a 19. Woo! Oh god. So I'm I'm climbing back up the side of this boat. Yes, uh, as you fall, Vera is just what a shame. He was promising. And she starts walking away with the Zev. And as she gets to the end where she would have climbed back down, we just hear a <sighs> As from behind her, Shock just climbs up and steadies himself a little unsteady, but firmly plants his feet on the side of the prodigious. Shock says, all right.
I guess we're doing this the hard way. <laughs> I love it. Vera looks at you and she motions for the Zev to fly away and go back down. It should be noted that these ones aren't mind controlled like the rest of them. They've just modern day Zev. Yeah, they just follow orders real well. And she turns and this will be your minor effect. So she looks over and you can see that the other Zev, as opposed to dropping your staff off into the abyss, it actually just set it on the side of the prodigious, just like dropped it there, like, oh, we'll just leave it there, whatever. She looks to that to let you know that it's there. And then like the blue fairy did, she's going to take a fighting stance, extend her doomfist arm, and beckon for you to fight. Meanwhile, down in the gematorium, things are not going so hot. With a pulse of energy, Argent pulls in some more life force. And so, Tom, you will lose four points from a pool of your choice. I have lost several might points. I don't think so. So, uh, I have four less in my maximum might pool now. Join the club. <laughs> and then meanwhile, Misha and Ellie, since you are on the ground, the Zev are just being hurled at everything by the blue fairy. So I need you to roll defense against them. It would be a 6-13. Okay, so Misha, take off four points of might <sighs> as the Zeb just start hurtling against you and slam you to I'm the floor. Sorry. Oh god, it's fine. The blue fairy, meanwhile, will look at you and sigh, Ellie. And she's going to take some of her beetles and try to catch you on the leg. Ew. And you do the roll against her attack. Six. <laughs> She grabs you by the leg and trips you onto your back. So uh, you are now turtled on your back and any action you take next turn is going to be one step harder. Great. And then finally, Misha, as you get up from the Zev, you hear a... <laughs> oh, God, no. Emanate from Argent. And you see that smoke that you saw enter it start to curl around it. This is something only Misha sees. Oh, God, okay. And it starts to pulse a little bit. Oh, boy, Hop, that's a lot of electricity coming from Argent. It's almost like like a nano. It's using an esoteric. No, and it's targeting that electricity no, on anyone touching no, it. No, no. You want to roll me some defense there, bud? What type of defense are we looking at? Oh, uh, we're looking at probably speed, because I don't think there's any way to like just be like, I'm going to mite out this electricity real good. So the shield will apply. That was my follow up. He is using the shield to like hit it a bunch. So yeah. I imagine that if a spark of electricity comes up, he'd immediately like raise it. So it's actually applicable. All right. Speed defense, which I am trained in. Gonna take a picture of that, because it's a 20. <gasps> nice! Look at you, Hop! Tell me how you dodge this pulse of electricity that shoots itself out from Arjun and what your major effect is. All right, so I imagine that right before it shoots out, he sees the beam in it charging a little bit and he's like, that's weird, it didn't do this last time. <laughs> and then um, he like moves his shield directly in front of it. So it hits the shield instead of his face and it blows him back a little bit, but he's able to latch on to Argent with his foot and then kind of like swing himself away from the beam. And then as soon as it's done emitting energy, he swings back right into place and will keep doing it when it's his turn. Oh, I get a major effect, right? Yeah, what was the major effect? I don't know. Um, For the major effect, let's say when he swung aside, he bumped something else off of it. So it's like an extra two points of damage or whatever. We'll do a full four points. I think that's fair. Okay. 
And then um, now that Hopper has chipped away at the tower a little bit, inside Arjun, because I don't know how you picture it. Wires? I picture lots and lots of wires. No, there's no wires. There's no anything. It's Damn just it. these magnetic blocks moving back and forth. Again, it's it's not like something mechanical did it. It's like, and Misha, you especially noticed this. It's almost like Arjun acted like a nano would. Oh, no. It, Ezra. It, it, it is. All right. Um... If I stuck my Assassin's Creed forearm blade in there, do you think the magnets would just stick to it? Could I stick it in and then whip the <laughs> magnets out? Yes, you can yes. do that. Give me, give me I want to fucking do that. This is the first time you've ever used your forearm blade? No, I've used it once <laughs> in chapter one. So here we go. Fuck it, we're going to do one tier of effort. Nine? Tell me how you get these magnets out and then tell me how much damage it does. So Hop's going to like, as he notices the magnets, he's going to pop out his forearm blade, stick it in, shimmy it around a little bit to see how well they stick to the forearm blade. And then once he's got a whole bunch stuck on there, he's just going to like whip it out behind him. And how much damage? Uh, my forearm blade is doo -doo 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 -doo, two points. Okay. So Hop is just flinging bricks around. Students are like trying to jump out of the way as it's like hitting next to them. It's just dropping like pebbles on the unarmored Zev. Again, some of them get knocked out of it, but then go straight back to being this flood. Ellie, you are on your back. You have a bunch of poison needles around you. And there's just a bunch of Zev kind of just, you don't really feel them because again, four points of damage is nothing to you. But they're just kind of like fluttering all over you like this very fleshy uh, wave. Ellie like shudders a little and like brushes at her arm where the fleshy things are touching. What would, <laughs> what would happen if I used my ability fusion with the ciphers? <laughs> <laughs> and I fused with my body a sack of live bees. <laughs> oh. oh my fucking god. Oh! So suddenly. She becomes L.E.B. 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 Oh! So the blue fairy is looking down at you, very proud of herself. We just hear the faint buzz of her beetles. <laughs> and then suddenly we hear a harsh zzz. As from the mass, Ellie Badge flies up into the sky <laughs> with her own bee-like wings made out of bees. <laughs> there's more than just the blue fairy now. There's the blue fairy and there's Ellie Bees. And Ellie Bees is pissed. Bees versus beetles. Bees. <laughs> All right, Ellie, you get to make your action. You just fused. Uh, what are you going to do? I want to use thrust to inflict an additional point of damage when stabbing. So you're just going to fly out at her with your fist extended to stab? Well, I I would like to think that I ended up like pretty close to her, so it's not like flying at her as much as I'm just like lunging. I mean, you are flying, so Well, yeah, but like it's I don't need to do the anime thing again where we fly at each other. I did that last time. It's too late. Okay, fine. Everything's anime. <laughs> and I want to spend two levels to damage. This is 19. Yay. So do you want to do three extra points of damage or have a minor effect? Three extra points. Okay. And so how many is that? Actually, right. no, first describe how you attack her, and then tell me how many that is total. Ellie. Um. 
she's gotten up in the air, which she's very surprised about. She was not planning on this, but she'll clench both of her fists so that the claws come out. The blue fairy hurt Zoe. So despite there being innocent children around who should probably not be witnessing any of this, Ellie's kind of out to kill, and she will do 11 points of damage. <gasps> nice. Jesus Christ. So you hit the blue fairy square in the stomach, and she just does the thing where instead of recoiling, she just grabs onto you, and her beetles start to go down her arm and start to go after your bees, which are going down your arm and engaging in a mini war between beetles and bees. Jesus fucking Christ. That's kind of adorable, actually. And we'll come back to that. It's <laughs> amazing. After Ari's turn. Part of me just wants to hurl my balls of ants. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> let's just fucking do that. Let's just, let's just go for that. Misha will then look at their balls of ants and say, I am very sorry, but I have always thought of you not only as friends, but also as soldiers. <laughs> and I think it's time for you to shine and grab the balls and fling them into the full fairies' face. So, 19. 19. This die is my favorite thing. So... A line of ants extends from Misha Jarvis's hand. It's not a ball, it's a line. Interconnected one by one, they're listening and cooperating in a way that the Blue Fairy's forcible, like, control never could. And this line flies up and it wraps itself around the Blue Fairy's hand. And she just looks at it and she's like, <laughs> and looks at you, Ellie. Oh! <laughs> uh-uh. Can I spend an XP to make them like those really aggressive red ants? Oh like, my fucking god, fire ants? For the bullet ants? Yes, some of them. She's gonna be consumed by ants! The ants start. So the ants climb up and they start biting the flute blue fairy and they start biting the beetles and she starts screaming and that's when the funniest thing happens the beetles had been so diligently following the blue fairy but as the ants start doing bites the beetles start to flutter away some of them fly away but then some of them spot a hostile presence and they start biting too The ants know when to jump ship, and eventually they form a ball that falls off the blue fairy as one by one by one, each of the beetles falls off of the blue fairy, and she slips out of Ellie's grasp and falls down into the pit around Argent and into the sky from many years ago. Holy shit! Holy shit! And that's the last you ever heard of the Blue Fairy. Oh my god! When you were 
when you were saying Disney, Disney death, death, I didn't think it was like yeah. Tarzan Disney death. <gasps> My God. You killed her with him! Devoured by her own insects. My God. And suddenly the flow of Zev stop. And they start looking around and like start cuddling up and curling up like dogs with tails tucked between their legs. That being said, more of them are still flowing through and it's going to be enough to just overtake the ship regardless. But we're not going to worry about that right now. Tom, we are up on top of the ship and it is you V Vera. All right. I want to know in a single action, can I run forward, scoop up my staff and make a strike at Vera? Yeah, we're going to say that you have run, scooped up your staff. And now we've we've skipped that part. And now we just see you holding the staff. OK, because it doesn't specify it in the artifact description. Would I need to make a roll to use my mephitic staff on her? No. What does your Mephitic staff do, Tom? I'm so glad you asked, Kyle. My Mephitic staff. Let's get to that description right here. Do, 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 do. It's normally described as a short glass tube on the end of a staff. I think we just decided that the end of my staff now has a smoky gray color because of it. It emits a noxious smoke that causes your enemy to lose their next turn, coughing and choking. Cool. Yeah, give me a roll for the swing first. Okay, all right. I had a feeling. And I can't spend effort on this, but could I call upon Vespari's aid in this moment? <laughs> I was just about to go pee. What if? No. <laughs> what if? And I want to I wanna pitch this idea. What if Vespari, just sort of confused by the chaos down below, just like left in the direction he saw me go? And, like, almost entirely by happenstance, wanders up to the top of the airship mm -hmm. where he finds our duel. Who would have known that trapdoor led out here? <laughs> but, like, Vespari is enough of a human disaster that it's not so implausible. <laughs> well, I'll figure out how it works. First roll, Tom. The right. fact that he's a human disaster is what concerns me. A 13? You and Vera go to swing at each other. In fact, we're going to have this fight go a little longer. So she's taking a couple punches at you, which you're blocking with the staff. Every time she hits, she has to shake out her hand, which like separates a bit so it can steam out. Because unlike last fight, she's not going to go full Doomfish. She's in control. And at one point after going for a hit, she starts to like air out her hand again. And that's when you go to take a swing. You go to swing. And Vera's hand raises to hit you. And that's when a cloud of silver dust starts to curl around her feet. And it rises up and it seeps into the spaces between her hand. And it stops her for a second and holds her as the silver turns into solid silver chains that just pull her hand down. And you go and take a swing at Vera and not hit her with noxious fumes that's caused her to cough and lose her next turn. And as she buckles down, you see Vespari run over to you. Shock, I was so worried about you. I saw you running off by yourself. You can't do that sort of thing. Vespari, that was amazing. Well, thank you. I, I try. <laughs> Can you try to shut down that relay while, while I hold her off? I, I am not familiar with relays, but I will do what I can. And Vera <coughs> turns up to you, coughing. <coughs> You're getting the help of him? <laughs> the things I could tell you about <coughs> the great Vespari. And Vespari just turns back and says, You know nothing about me. You only know the powers of the great Vespari. And honestly, that guy was kind of a hack. Oh my 
Like Shock doesn't even have candy. There's not even room for Shock to make a witty retort here. Vespari is taking care of himself out there. Please keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, as you're sitting there, pretty proud of yourself, you hear another sting of pain, and you lose another four points from Morgan's. Let, let's take a look at my pools again. What do we? What do we got here? What do we got here? Oh, that's ooh. Oh boy. Ooh boy. <laughs> yeah, the scotch. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in then, the Zev have calmed down a bit. They're curled up, and and all the students are kind of calm as well, except for Sir Kentrum. Sir Kentrum is not doing great. He's not going to be a GM intrusion problem, but he is just. Hey, man. I don't know what these freaky things are, man, or what's going on. I gotta get out of here. He's been trying to get out for the past couple of rounds, but it's not still, it's not going great. Can someone gag him? We don't have the action economy. Meanwhile, Ezra just laughs again. <laughs> I didn't give you kids enough credit. You're a hell of a lot of fun. Now here's the problem, though. Blue Fairy had her own plan about getting rid of the prodigious. With her not around anymore, I see no reason to keep following orders. And that's when the bolts of electricity get bigger and bigger, and Ezra just starts shooting bolts of electricity into the audience. Holy shit. (gasps) One goes at you, Hop. One goes at you, Misha. Mm -hmm. And one goes for Zoe. No! How close am I to Zoe? Close enough to speed defense your way there and take a bullet or knock her out of the way. I will take that bullet. Everyone roll speed defense. 11. 10. 12. 12. Hop. Take eight points of might damage. Ouch. Misha. Take eight points of might damage. Yeah, that's fine. Uh... Ellie. Ezra is too powerful. The amount of damage he can do is unparalleled. This is what he's for. And you make your way towards Zoe and you race, but you know it's not going to be fast enough. But you always wanted your daughter to make friends. No! And you're not the only one in Zoe's court anymore. You go to make it, but suddenly Megan turns both you and Zoe invisible as a bolt of electricity hits her and knocks her to the ground. She'll live. She'll live. If you can finish this in one more wave. What? Oh, what? We have one round to save Megan's life. <sighs> All right. This is my daughter's only new friend. <laughs> All right. So I imagine that the electricity bolt would have knocked Hop off. So he'll get back up, brush himself off, and could I use some XP? Yeah. This Arjun is different. Because it's possessed by Ezra, we've been over this. But Hop is trying to use that difference now to his advantage. So he wants to peer into the little crevice that he made again and find Arjun's weak point. Because I haven't used that bonus yet. Because we didn't use it because he used parkour instead. So I'd like to flavor it as he found, like, not the part that makes it possible for Ezra to take over. Because it's a machine, so Ezra could do that anyway. But maybe the part that the electric beams are coming from. And then, because I'm using XP, I'm going to shoot a buzzer disc directly at the heart of Arjun. But then I want to eat a time crisp and do it from a different location. And then I want to eat another time crisp and do it from a different location. And then I want to eat another time crisp and do it from a different location. And then I want to eat my last time crisp and do it from a different location. And I will use XP for this to be able to do this in one. Holy shit. (sighs) Give me one go. Hopper, how much XP are you rolling? Um, how much do you want me to use? How much you got? 
I got six. Depends. Do you want to roll for this? What's my roll going to be like? You can't tell me that. Oh, wait. Could I? Oh, I'm already doing a thing, so you might not let me. But Calculate does let me determine the odds of success based on an arbitrary D20 system that Hopper's doing in his head. Because I'm metagaming to be able to win so that he can then make an informed decision about how much effort to apply. So, Hop. You do those calculations. You think about what you need, right? Yeah. Sometimes it needs to be a 30, sometimes a 10, sometimes a 2. Jesus. But then you look around the space around you. You look at everyone in danger. You look at the people in pain. You even look at the Zev who are just lost and confused and they're still pouring in. They're not attacking anyone, but that doesn't mean they're not getting hurt. And you think there's no odds good enough to warrant the risk. So the amount I was going to give you that you would need to roll, I'm just going to give you. Take 4xp. Okay. And tell me how you destroy Argent. Hopper peers into the hole that he made, and he sees right where the beam starts charging. He kind of aims a little bit, and he's got his marksmanship skill, which I didn't use, but he has it. And he kind of aims and does like the squint with one eye and thinks... Yeah, I could do that, but it's got to be fast. So he shoots it and he stuffs a chip in his mouth and then it's almost like Tracer from Overwatch. You're like, Rrr! and he rewinds again and he shoots again and he eats again. And, it's, and he eats again and he shoots again. It's, it's it's so fast, just like, bum, 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 bum. And then the last bomb is an actual like, bam, because Argent explodes a little bit from the inside. And Hopper raises a shield and he's flown back a little bit, but he's fine. And as it explodes, this whole time you were hearing like, ah, 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 as if Ezra could feel it each individual time. And with the explosion happens, you see a thin tower of bricks just kind of shaking. Uh, that's not very fair, kid. Do you know who I am? I'm Strife. I am change itself. I am like a god. And who the fuck do you think you are? Hopper will wipe a little bit of grit from his mouth and go, I'm just Hopper Scotch. And like that, the tower crumbles down. Meanwhile, up on the top of the prodigious Vespari, with some substantial help of the quails, as he would tell you later, <laughs> is able to turn off the relay and everyone's brand starts to fade down. Good for Vespari. <sighs> Someone whose spirit is not back is Vera. And she's just <coughs> coughing a bit and she's looking at you. <laughs> and she's just so disappointed. And she says, <coughs> So you fought the good fight to maintain the status quo. I've learned. <coughs> and when I'll be back, I won't be so easy to stop. What can you say for yourself? Well... I did just beat you without my powers, so that's one thing. And the other was, how are you gonna escape? It's a bit of a drop if you were planning to just make a jump for it. By myself, I can't take it, but if I embrace the power, I can! And her fist starts to shake and it starts to expand and turn into that powerful big fist. And then you hear a as the dust inside oh. jams up the systems and it goes back down and she just falls on her side again. She's like, what the hell? Give it up, Vera. I've got more gadgets where these came from. <laughs> she just shakes her head. She's like, is that all you have, Shock? Is that all you've learned that you have after all this time? That you just have more gadgets? Well, are you going to take me without your gadgets? 
Were you so dependent upon that fist that you couldn't win without it? Of course I haven't just relied on this gadget. And she tries to get up and swing at you, but just misses with her left hook. <laughs> After all, without it, would the growth really have been there? And she tries to swing again and just misses. Look, you've lost. Now you can come quietly, or we can just sort of tie you up and drag you back to Key. Of course I'll go quietly. Patience is my virtue. I'll go. <laughs> I'll wait. I'll return. It's kind of a pattern at this point, wouldn't you say? You know how you can change that pattern, right? Change and death combined forever. When will you finally learn that? And Vera collapses, still alive but too tired to continue the fight. And as her last words echo through the clouds, we see Lowell's face for a second. And he grimaces. Fun fact, remember how I had you and Emily leave one day in the morning? Mm-hmm. That was so Hallie and I could run our Nation. Our Nation. Well. Nation! He conducted his own little investigation that day. It didn't go well. There's going to be an episode that's released between Prom de Plume and this episode called Crime and Courtship Part Ness. Jesus fucking Christ. It's pretty cute up until it isn't because I was laughing every time Tom like brought up his staff and I was like, yeah, that thing you use to do everything. And that's why Ness hasn't appeared since he said he was bored and he left because that's when the Nation begins. <laughs> that's why he hasn't been around. Oh, God. I just, I just feel genuinely very bad that I didn't check in on him. It was just, he was his own person. I, I didn't want to like crowd him. I just want to try and aim directly to her face and try and shoot <laughs> her with my two bowls of ants. But that'll hurt the ants. <gasps> well, wait, hold on. Ants are ants are pretty resilient. Like that's a good point. The ants will be okay. Yeah, like <laughs> you throw an ant across a room, it's fine. We should will apologize to the ants. In advance. You need vants. Guess what yeah. I, I was gonna ask, are my powers back yet? They're not. How the hell is she doing this? Isra's dead. What the fuck? Uh, can I spend an XP to get powers back? I just want to use countermeasures to catch her fist in my hand. You don't need countermeasures for that, Tom. Have you learned nothing? I know, but I wanted to like... You know, we all have plans that don't come to fruition, Tom. I was gonna throw spoons at her. I know, the poor <laughs> spoons. Look, I guess I guess Aegon has some spoons in his future, but um, <laughs> I'm almost disappointed. I just was just waiting for someone to ask uh, how my might pool is looking, because I have had a maximum of one <laughs> as of this last turn. I'll go and I'll wait and I'll come. Nope. <laughs> I'll go 